in a chaotic world. And we're not going to be there in that portion tonight. We're going to come down just a little bit farther in that text of Philippians 4. I'm going to talk to you tonight on some missions themes, and that is particularly uh, the theme of giving in missions. And I'm going to read some verses out of Philippians chapter 4 and make some applications as we look at some principles here tonight, okay? And we pray for our missions conference, which starts on Sunday. Uh, Brother Richards comes in tomorrow. The Kuzels come in on Friday, and then uh, we are right into our conference on Sunday. And so be in prayer about that. We'll spend some time praying tonight afterwards, of course. And I just want to remind you of the, your responsibility in preparing your own heart uh, for what the Lord might have for you. All right. Philippians 4, look at verse 10. Paul says, But I rejoice, rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again. Wherein ye were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Notwithstanding... Ye have well done, that ye did communicate with my affliction. Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica ye sent once and again unto my necessity, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. But I have all, and abound, I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You stop at verse 19, and we recognize that verse 19 is probably one of the most well-known Bible verses that there is. My God shall supply all your need. And it's a comforting promise for sure. Uh, most people, when they use this verse, though, um, they try to apply it to just about any situation that they would face where they feel like they're lacking in something. But the context of verse 19, my God shall supply all your need, has a very specific application to it. And you, you can't divorce 19, verse 19 from what comes before it in its context. And the promise that is being made here, or the, what we would take as a promise of, of God supplying our need, as the Apostle Paul was confident that he would for the church in Philippi, um, the, the, that promise was given uh, to people who had faithfully and generously already given in the work of the Lord. And to that, the Apostle Paul says, My God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. If you understand what's happening here in this text, this is technically what you might call a thank you note or a thank you letter that the Apostle Paul is write, writing to the church in Philippi who had given so sacrificially 
to meet his needs in the ministry. And in this thank you letter that Paul writes, we actually find some uh, very important principles when it comes to the issue of giving. And it leads to a most comforting promise that when we do this or follow this pattern, these principles, God's going to do this because he's a faithful God. And so if we consider this passage here tonight and we understand the principles of giving faithfully in the work of the Lord, I believe that we can claim those same promises or they apply to us as well. So I want to talk to you tonight about faithful giving. Faithful giving and a faithful God. And that's the direction we're going to go. Let's pray and then we'll begin. Lord, I pray that you'd help us here tonight. And as we just uncover some principles, Lord, I pray that we'd be honest with ourselves and we'd examine our own life in light of the Word of God. Lord, that you'd work in us your will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So what is faithful giving exactly? There are many principles related to this, but there are some particular ones that are found in this passage, four of them, that I want us to examine here tonight. So first of all, let's consider the principles for faithful giving. The first is in verses 15 and 16, where Paul says, Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia... No church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica ye sent once and again unto my necessity. I want to draw this thought out, that faithful giving should be one of the very first things that is established in our Christian life. It shouldn't take us years and years and years and years uh, to learn how to be faithful givers. The Apostle Paul says to this church, in Philippi, that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from you, you sent once and again unto my necessity. And so Paul commends the church by reminding them of how at the very first preaching of the gospel, after he departed from the region of Macedonia, they shared with him in the matter of giving and receiving. And at that point, they were the only church that took the initiative to send support to Paul. He says, no church communicated with me except for you. You're the only one. And even when he was still in Macedonia, down in Thessalonica, he says, you sent more than once to my necessity. Now, maybe they couldn't give a lot. In fact, 2 Corinthians tells us that the church in Philippi gave beyond their abilities because of the grace of God or the enabling of God in their life. But the point is that right from the start, right from the very beginning, the Philippians had given toward the work of the Lord. And Paul taught in every church, he taught that it was proper for a man who labors in the gospel to receive his support from the gospel. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 13. The Bible says, Do you not know that they which minister about holy things live of the holy things of the temple, and they which wait at the altar are partakers with the altar? Even so hath the Lord ordained 
that they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. This is what Paul taught in the churches, that the Lord has ordained that those who preach the gospel should live of the gospel. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, Paul says this, 1 Timothy 5, 17. The Bible says that the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. For the scripture saith, thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn, and the laborer is worthy of his reward. I wonder if Paul taught these very principles to this young Philippian church. He must have taught them early on the importance of faithful giving to support the work of the ministry for the gospel's sake. Because it was very soon after he left town, he he is indicating that they sent to meet his needs. They weren't very old in the Lord, but they were already practicing faithful giving. And so the principle is that faithful giving should be one of the very first things that's established in our Christian life. So now the question is, do you faithfully give? Do you faithfully give to the work of the Lord above and beyond the tithe? The tithe or a tenth belongs to the Lord. You don't tithe, you're robbing God. But giving to the work of the Lord in ministry and missions is above and beyond to help support the church's mission of getting the gospel around the world. That should be something that is established early on in our Christian life. Do you faithfully give? So let me give, make a couple of applications here because somebody might say, all right, why is giving such an important thing? Why does it matter? Well, there's a few reasons why it's important and why it matters. Reason number one is that giving demonstrates my love for the Lord. Did you know that God is a giver? John 3.16 says, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. The reason He gave was because He loved. God is a giver. God is, 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 is the one who gives physical life. God is the one who daily loadeth us with benefits. More importantly, He gave us His Son so that we might have spiritual life. And John 3.16 shows us the connection between loving and giving. It demonstrates my love for the Lord. You know, you can give things without loving, certainly. But I don't think that you can really love without giving. You can't love without giving because a demonstration of love is sacrifice and is giving. So it can be a reflection of my love for God. If I am a stingy giver or a part-time giver, or whenever I have some extra laying around, I guess we'll give that to the Lord. Our giving can be a reflection of how much we actually love God. God so loved the world that He gave. Reason number two is that giving can draw me closer to the Lord. Here's another reason why it's important. Giving can draw me closer to the Lord. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 21, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. 
where I put my money, where I put my time, where I put my efforts, where I put my thinking, my life, that's where my heart will be. So the question is, where do you want your heart to be? Where do you really want your heart to be? I want my heart close to the Lord. And the more that I see Him use me, the more that I want to be used of Him. Giving can be something that draws me closer to the Lord. Reason three is that giving can be something that strengthens my faith. Malachi 3.10 says, Bring ye the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. Prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there may not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. Giving can be something that strengthens my faith. God says, test me, prove me, try me and see what I'm going to do. But you know, giving the way that God gives and the way that He wants us to give, that's something that goes far beyond just budgeting. What do I have to give? It requires faith. It requires faith and it tests whether or not we really believe the Word of God or not. The more that I give in faith, and the more that I see God provide by faith, the stronger my faith becomes. This is so because I discover something. I discover this principle right here, that I can never outgive God. The more I give, the more He provides the ability to keep on giving. It grows my faith. Luke 6, 38, Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give unto your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. The same measure that you give, it's going to be measured to you again. And so giving is something that can strengthen my faith. A fourth reason is that giving often reveals my spiritual maturity. 2 Corinthians 8 and verse 7. It's all in the context of giving. And 2 Corinthians 8, 7 says this, Therefore, as ye abound in everything, in faith, and utterance, and knowledge, and in all diligence, and in your love to us, see that ye abound in this grace also. Now again, it's all in the context of giving. And Paul says to the church in in Corinth that you abound in faith, and you abound in utterance, and you abound in knowledge, and you abound in your love toward, toward us, and I want to see that you abound in the grace of giving as well. Ultimately, giving is more about my spiritual maturity than it is about the actual gift that I'm giving. And here's the reason. Our finances are often the last part of our personal life that we release in trust to God. A lot of times we hold on to our money, we hold on to our wealth as a form of security. 
Oh, we've got to be, we've got to be uh, diligent in our finances and we've got to be on top of it and we've got to have all of the, the, the T's crossed and the I's dotted and everything has got to be tip-top and accounted for. Why, why, why? Because it brings me a sense of security when I'm in control of those things. That's important to be good stewards. It's important to be on top of things but is it be, what's the motive behind it? Is it because that brings me a sense of, or a form of security in my life? Is that the reason? Often our finances are the last part of our personal life that we just will give to the Lord. And giving can be an exercise of learning to simply trust God that it actually belongs to Him. And it can reveal to us the truth of our spiritual maturity. So these are reasons why giving is actually important. It can, it can demonstrate my love for the Lord, or lack thereof. It can draw me closer to the Lord. It can be something that strengthens my faith, and it can be something that builds my spiritual maturity. And so the first principle here is that it giving is it ought to be something that is established early on in our Christian life. The second, if you go back to Philippians chapter 4, is in verse 15. And the second principle is this, faithful giving should be focused on the furtherance of the gospel. Paul says, now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia... No church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. What was Paul doing in Philippi? What was he doing in Thessalonica? What was he doing in the regions of Macedonia? He was preaching the gospel. And he said to the church at Corinth at one point, when your faith is increased, I'll be enlarged by you to preach the gospel in the regions beyond you. Paul's focus was on preaching the gospel, not on a need for money. And Paul genuinely, uh, genuinely appreciated the gift from the Philippians, but Paul was actually more excited about what it signified in their heart, in their heart for God, that these people so early on were willing to sacrifice and give of themselves for the work of the ministry and for the sake of the gospel. And Paul says in verse 17 that, that what they were doing was representing fruit that would abound to their account. As for Paul... Paul was content. He lived by faith. He was content with what God provided. That's what he said in verse 11. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know how, both how to be abased and how to abound. Everywhere in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Paul was content with what the Lord had provided and given. Paul wasn't focusing on his need for money. He was focused on preaching the gospel. So let's make the application our giving of tithes, well, that goes to the ministry of the church. Keeping the bills paid, keeping the lights on, keeping things functioning. Going towards our ministries, certainly. The church's mission, though, is to preach the gospel. 
And so above and beyond that, it's the giving to missions. And in our church, we have faith, promise, missions, giving. That's our program in the church. That directly goes to the support of those who are preaching the gospel in the regions beyond. We have our new faith promise cards out. They're on the back usher's table. I just want to say something about this quickly. We're a giving church. Praise the Lord for that. We give to missions. This last year, we had just over $70,000 given to missions. Praise the Lord. A year ago, at this time though, we sent out these Faith Promise Missions cards, asked you to fill them out so we'd know what we could expect for missions giving this next year, so we could know if we could take on some more missionaries, what we could do to support them. And what came back was $27,000 promised in missions giving. I was a little surprised by that. I was a lot concerned by that. And praise the Lord, at the end of the year, $70,000 came in for missions. Praise the Lord. But I'm going to ask you something. Do you participate in faith promise missions giving? Some people say, well, I give to missions. I don't believe in faith promise. Why? Why not? Faith Promise Missions Giving is the missions giving program of our church. I'm like, well, isn't it enough that I give to missions? Hey, I'm praising the Lord if you give to missions. But this is the missions giving program of our church. And the reality is, last year at this time, I was like, well, we have a lot of commitments that total more than $27,000 to missionaries already out there. Okay, Lord, what's happening? Are people not giving to missions or are they just not participating in faith promise? But they're still going to give. And I said, okay, Lord, we'll just, I'll leave it to you and see what happens here. And praise the Lord, $70,000 came in for missions. But you know what we want to, what I want is that my faith be increased. What I want is that the Lord continues to build my faith and grow my faith. And Lord, I want you to put a number on my heart this year that you want me to give admissions. And I'm going to trust you that you're going to provide it for me so that I can give it back to you. You say, well, it's just a matter of budgeting. It's more than a mad matter of budgeting. We do need to know if we can bring on more missionaries and support more or not. It's more than a matter of budgeting. It's faith and it's cooperation with the programs of Plaque Road Baptist Church. And so I'm going to ask you, take a faith promise card. Fill it out. Spend some time asking the Lord, what do you want me to give this year? And fill it out and turn it in. And let's ask the Lord to increase our faith and grow our ability, by His grace, grow our ability to give so that the gospel goes to the regions beyond. I praise the Lord for $70,000 given in missions. That's a blessing. What more does the Lord maybe want us to do? Let's ask Him.
and, and participate in the work of missions. So faithful giving is going to have a focus on the furtherance of the gospel. That's what Paul said to this church here. In the very beginning, I'm preaching the gospel. I don't have a need. The Lord has blessed me, and I'm content with whatever the Lord provides. And he says, I can do all things through Christ. But then he said in verse 14, he said, notwithstanding. So as for me, I'm content. The Lord will give me the ability. I can do all things through Christ. Notwithstanding, ye have done well that ye did communicate with my affliction. Paul says, hey, I'm content in the Lord's provided, but I want to tell you this. You did a good job. You did a good job as a church in your communication and your giving uh, regarding the work of the ministry. It's a blessing and it's good. And Paul goes on to tell us why it's good because, verse 17, he says, Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. Paul's saying here that faithful giving, your faithful giving, is an investment in eternity. Fruit may abound to your account. Paul says, I'm looking more for the profit that increases to your account. These terms were common accounting words, and Paul is saying that when you give to the Lord's work, you're contributing into your account in the bank of heaven, if you want to put it that way. And when we invest in the work of the Lord, whether it's time, whether it's money, there's no risk. It's not a waste. It's never a waste. Giving to the work of the Lord means that we're investing in the souls for eternity. And we labor together, and we work together in this regard for the cause of Christ, and the Lord is the one who is keeping track. Then the fourth principle we find here is in verse 18. Paul says, But I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you of a sweet smell, a sacrifice, acceptable, well-pleasing to God. Paul says, your giving here is something that is well-pleasing to God. It was a sacrifice that was acceptable to God. And the principle here is that faithful giving, our giving, should really be motivated by our worship unto the Lord. Paul calls their giving a fragrant aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. Those are terms that come from the Old Testament, and they were terms that were used to describe the sacrifices that the worshipers offered up to the Lord in the Old Testament. They're also words that are used in the New Testament to describe the offering of Jesus Christ Himself for our sins. That's pretty powerful. The point is this. When we give, we're not giving to a pastor. We're not giving to a church. We're not even giving to a missionary. We're giving to God Himself. The heart attitude with which these Philippians gave was something that was well-pleasing to God. That should be the end of it right there. 
well-pleasing to God. That should be enough. Amen? Amen. If Jesus Christ were here, if He was in our church, would we give differently than we do right now? Do I give gratefully out of a heart of love and worship because He gave Himself for me? That's the great question right there. So the principles we glean from this are we are to give faithfully to the Lord's work of furthering the gospel. We're to do it out of a heart of worship to our Lord who gave Himself for us. And if we do, and when we do, the Bible tells us that God will do something in return. Look at verse 19. But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Here's the promise from a faithful God. Faithful givers can count on the faithfulness of God to supply. Paul says, My God shall supply all your need according to His riches by Christ Jesus. What a great promise that is. Consider the source and the certainty of that promise. Paul says, my God. My God, who is also my Father, the one who knows me, the one who loves me, the one who gave himself for me, the one who promised to care for me. He's the source. It's the God of all creation, the God of all power, the very God who spoke a word and the universe came into existence. He's the one who's going to supply my need. There's not going to be a need greater than Him. The God who cannot lie, He's my God. The God I know personally, the God who is my Father, the the God who never once in human history has ever failed His children. The God who proved His love for me when He gave His Son. That's the one. Romans 8.32 says, He that spared not His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all, how shall He not with Him also freely give us all things? What I'm saying is, the promise becomes very certain. God is going to meet our need when we by faith give to Him. You can count on it. Because the certainty of the promise depends on Him, Himself. The sufficiency of the promise. He said, My God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. What a staggering and great promise. We're not going to lack every need He will supply. And I'm simply saying this. Paul encouraged and praised this church because they sacrificially and faithfully gave to the work of the Lord. And there's probably no more accurate gauge of our spiritual life than our giving to the Lord's work. I'm going to close with a couple of questions. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes, though. I just want you to take a minute and honestly assess your life and how you 
give? First of all, do you? Do you faithfully give? Do you tithe? If not, you're being disobedient to the Lord. But then beyond that, do you give to the work of missions? And so the question is this. Do I give, but only grudgingly or under pressure? What's the heart attitude behind it when you write out that check or whatever it is? Well, I know I have to do this. Something that's required of me. Kind of an attitude? Or do I gladly give unto the Lord as He's blessed me and give it back to Him for the furtherance of the gospel? Another question is this. Am I hit and miss about giving? Do I do it once in a while? Well, I give to missions every now and then. Or do I do it systematically? Are you faithful in this area of giving? If you're not, friend, then it, it might be likely that you're not faithful in other areas of your Christian life either. Or how about this? Am I stingy and tight with giving? Remember, our reflection of our love for the Lord. Because the Lord loved you and me, He gave all. The reason giving is a pretty good gauge of our spiritual life is that our heart is directly tied to it. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Giving generously, which is not a certain amount, by the way, but giving generously requires faith. Faith, because you have to trust that when you give, God is also going to do what He said He would do. And that's the issue at the heart of this matter of faithful giving. Do we really trust the living God who gave His Son for us by generously and systematically out of a heart of gratitude and love and worship give back to Him for the furtherance of the gospel? But when we do, He'll meet the need, just like He said He would do. One of the things that I am asking the Lord in my own life is to increase my faith. To increase my faith. And to trust Him, and to see Him provide, and to be able to give more by His grace, according to His will. I want to be tender and sensitive to that. I don't want to be just satisfied like, well, I've decided on this amount and this is what I usually give. Lord, is there something more that you want me to do? More that you want me to give? And will you provide the means to do that? I want my faith to grow. For the furtherance of the gospel, for souls to be saved. And Lord, would you multiply it and use it? That's one of the things that I am personally 
asking the Lord for in my own life. And it's always a good thing to say, Lord, is there more that you would provide and enable me to do for your glory and your honor? Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for the time here tonight and just for the principles and reminders. And Lord, I pray that there would be a heart of surrender and yieldedness and even a heart of participation. And Lord, even an excitement. Lord, what do you have for us this year? What more do you want us to do? Lord, do you want to increase our faith? Lord, is there more that we can give? And as a church, our faith grows and there's excitement in giving to missions and seeing more missionaries that we can support or increasing the support of the ones we already have. And as Paul said, when your faith is increased... I'll be enlarged by you that I could preach the gospel to the regions beyond you. It's not about just giving more money. But Lord, it is about the heart behind it. Lord, we desire the work of the Lord to be increased and for the gospel to go into all the world. Lord, would you take it and multiply it? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.